1: Back with you, and it's the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. Our special guest today out of New York is Andy Cohen, the founder of... Uh, the founder of the advertising agency Exposed Brick and the uh, marketing think tank AC. He's a renowned advisor, speaker, author, and uh, and a guest here on the Advertising Show who helps companies and their teams think differently to generate uh, new marketing ideas and innovative business solutions. And we have Andy uh, for uh, three segments here on today's show. That's great. Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit them online at H.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production, and we are uh, happy to be with you. With you on this post-Thanksgiving holiday weekend.
2: Oh, am I full? Still, yeah. Yes. sleepy, right? Well, that's that, uh, tri- what's trip, that uh, trip to some trip, trip, trip to Fiend. Trip to Fiend. Fell down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Hey, uh, considering the fact that Andy's in New York, this is interesting mm-hmm. news. Uh, this yes. is our good friend Stuart Elliott of The, the, the Times. All uh, right. Um, experts in the realms of sports marketing, corporate identity, and brand building are offering sharply divergent views of the value of a huge deal that will name the new ballpark of the New York Mets. Citigroup. It's going to be called Citigroup. Oh, the agreement announced formally will uh, label the Mets a new stadium scheduled to be opening in 2009 City Field, the current ballpark, which is called Shea Stadium. How could they get rid of Shea Stadium? I don't know. It's named after uh, William Shea, a lawyer who helped bring the National League Baseball back to New York after the Dodgers and Giants left for the West Coast. Hmm. So. What did City do? Citigroup do? Well, they got a lot of people in debt, and they did a lot of good other things as well. <laughs> well
2: yeah, no, no, that's and funded, financed the uh, building of the uh, stadium. It's Who Act knows?
1: So that's. Yeah. uh I thought that was rather interesting.
2: That is um, weird, you know. It's uh, these these names for these stadiums nowadays. I, I like to go back to the old days. I mean, as close as they ever got to that, I guess, was Wrigley's Field, right? Uh, Wrigley Field in yeah, uh, exactly. Chicago and yeah. some yeah. other names. But those are, and Bush Bush Stadium. I mean, these are people and families that were behind the uh, funding of these things as opposed to selling. But anyway, yeah. that's the world we live in today.
1: Stewart is quoting a, a friend here of the advertising show, Andy Cernovitz, who says there are definite dangers. Uh, Andy, chief executor of Word of Mouth Marketing Associ- Association. He says the risk of word of mouth backlash, especially among the diehard loyals, is significant. I think that goes without sense. Thing. Um, it's it going to be last weird week. not to have a Shea Stadium uh, thing. Yeah, last week's guest. Yeah,
2: Andy was last week's guest. He, he he speaks real well in the printed medium. That's great of uh, Andy to give that quote. By the way, uh, Chicago, we mentioned Chicago. You're familiar with Chicago's Vienna Beef Company, the, the uh, hot dog company? Hot dog company, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, well, apparently, uh, you know, Super Bowl, not far away, uh, they have a promotional idea in mind, and the company is, is marketing a gift pack, for the Super Bowl, famous hot dogs, they're the, famous hot dogs, buns, condiments, enough to feed 40 hungry guests, I guess five really hungry guests, <laughs> uh, and it's a rather steep uh, price tag here, it's $1,799, and that's not a typo, Ray, the hot dogs uh, do come with something extra. 42-inch Toshiba uh, theater-wide HD plasma TV uh, provided by ABT Electronics uh, and installation is included. So if you want all those hot dogs, buns, and uh, condiments as well as the 42-inch Toshiba you can, uh, for $17.99 pony up to the bar and you'll get the hot dogs the the Toshiba and Vienna by the way, Vienna Beef says that uh, if you order soon enough, they can guarantee installation by Super Bowl Sunday. Well, come on. Well, you would think so. Well, I would hope so. I'd like to know who's, who's going to be buying this. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's probably a by word of mouth campaign, I and mean, we just fell for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Didn't we? thinking about that, you're probably right. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jeffrey Gittimer here is with us in a few uh, moments. Here. His topic today is called seasonal whining. <laughs> so, and Jeffrey is so good at that stuff as well a sales trainer and very successful spokesperson for uh, For just doing better, uh, so it 'd be worthwhile listening to us. stay with us for that Adidas. Or Adidas. Yes, the, See, yes. Patrick Meyer is the only person in the world who says Adidas, probably. The, and, and all the Europeans. But Reebok, how would you say Reebok? Reebok. For $3. <laughs> $3.8 billion and has projected that huge investment with an underwhelming $7 million this year in marketing support for the brand. Now the sporting goods giant has admitted, yeah, it was a, oh, it was a mistake. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, Reebok yeah. says orders have plunged 14% since Adidas acquired the company. In the summer of 2005, mm. that's not good, folks.
2: Not good at all.
1: No. So,
2: Yeah. Do I, do I have time to, to read this real quick, Ray? Uh,
1: let's hold it until after uh, Gittimer comes
2: on. Well, here, it's okay? on breastfeeding, so that's a good point. I'll hold it.
1: <laughs> Don't point that thing at me. We have, uh, we have uh, Jeffrey Gittimer here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
3: Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of City Business Journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't
4: you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. I want you to take a little bit of your personal time and dedicate it to yourself. I want you to review where you are so it can be a predictor for where you're going. Many of you are blaming slower sales on seasons. It's the summer, it's the winter, it's school, it's not school. Or people being on vacation, or people not working on Fridays. I I refer to this as seasonal whining. At the beginning of every year, you're given a big fat quota. Your company may have softened the lexicon by calling it a sales plan or a goal, but the bottom line is, you don't meet it, you're out. Where are you on the quest to achieve that? The first thing you have to look at or review is your pipeline. How many potential sales do you have versus how many potential sales do you need? Three appointments with decision makers a day? I doubt it. The biggest key on the planet to increasing your sales is increasing the number of decision makers that sit in front of you. While everybody else is on vacation or taking advantage of the season, you should be spending or should I say investing extra time building key relationships. Think about how you may be able to get them information that they need or help them gain greater productivity or profit. That's value. Look at how you're spending your early mornings and your late evenings. Your ability to invest that time to read in the morning and prepare in the evening could be that extra edge that you need to make the marginal sale, the one that will help you not achieve your goal, the one that will help you exceed it. Maybe because your ad sucks. Oh, that's
1: enough whining, Jeffrey, and thank you very much. Now, before we were so rudely interrupted by Mr.
2: Kettimer, you were talking about, uh, what were you talking about? Well, breastfeeding, but you know how, <laughs> you know how uncommon it is, uh, hardly, for uh, touch-up photos to appear in magazines, right? Right. It's not uncommon. It's very right. common. So uh, how about doctoring a photo to make it look like a woman is breastfeeding, Ray? Uh, apparently, uh, Marie Claire magazine did just that with a photo of ABC News' Elizabeth Vargas. The, that's according to the Drudge Report. The claim uh, is that a photo accompanying an interview with Vargas and Marie Ca- uh, Claire's December issue, out now, of course, features a photo of uh, Vargas breastfeeding her new baby at the anchor desk, but of course there's just one sm- small problem. Yeah. Vargas, uh, her head was replaced uh, uh, or was put on a body of another woman breastfeeding a baby that isn't Vargas. So, you what? know. Well, it's apparently uh, Hearst, uh, the owner of uh, Hearst Corporation, the owner says that they didn't think it was a serious issue and that people would have known better. Right. I didn't know better. I guess I didn't either. And no. Cohen
1: is with us next on the advertising
0: show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to the advertising show with Ray shillings and Brad Forsyth.
5: Oh, he knows stolen the different vitamins we need to make Flintstones.
4: Yabba-dabba-doo, yabba-dabba-doo, Flintstone vitamins are good to chew with vitamin A,
5: vitamin
1: B, vitamin C, and vitamin D. It's the Appetizing Show, Ray Brad Forsyth uh, about to welcome a very special guest. You know, I was looking at Andy's bio here, Andy Cohen's bio out of New York, and it's best to start at the bottom and work your way up. That would yeah. be, you know, uh, listen to this. Andy has studied with, because this is the real cool stuff, Andy has studied with master magicians Jeff McBride, Eugene Berger, and Slidini. One of the greatest close-up artists in the world. He also serves on the board of the Society of American Musicians, uh, Parent Assembly Number 1, as it appeared on national television, doing your act, I would imagine, Andy, is that right? Uh,
6: yes, actually, uh, not, not what I do now, but it was uh, the, it was an opportunity, actually, on a soap opera, a national
1: soap opera. How cool is that? Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, wow. Yeah, very special. Graduate of uh, Franklin and Marshall College, of BS in experimental psychology, so this is interesting. Now, yeah. uh, Cleo Effie's, uh, what else? American Marketing Association uh, stuff as well. Uh, he's been around and is good friends with Stuart Elliott, which makes Andy a good friend of the advertising show. Welcome, it's great to have you here, Andy. Yeah, thank
2: you. Thank you. Yeah, and we got word from some of your classmates at uh, Franklin and Marshall, and they said the biggest trick that you uh, did while uh, in school was graduate. It's so congratulations.
6: Yes. It was yeah. uh, my greatest illusion.
1: Yeah, people <laughs> yes. a diploma out of my uh, hat.
6: That's
2: well, great. you know, it's not. It's, it may be a first today talking about magic uh, on the radio and doing magic tricks actually on the radio. But you know, I got to tell you. Uh, it's not often that uh, Ray and I get our hands on a book that we really do uh, find uh, remarkable. And as as Ray mentioned, it's a remarkable fable that will energize your business, profits, and and life. And it's an outstanding book written uh, by our guest today on uh, St. Martin's Press, and I encourage all of our listeners to check it out. Uh, First of all, Andy, what inspired you to write a a business book, and especially in the the way that you uh, uh, did in, in this particular case?
6: Well, there, there, I guess there were there were two factors. Uh, the first factor is a little bit of an ego factor. I always wanted to write a book. Uh, the second factor was that I was developing this process uh, through keynotes and seminars that I was giving to help people really or empower people in the companies to think differently and innovate. And I found that um, after about a year of exploration, because it took about a year to develop it, that I needed something which would not only... Uh, carry a strong message but something that people would would be able to internalize and then walk away with and um, since I had a passion for magic I decided to combine those two together you know my my experience as a practitioner in in marketing and advertising and my expertise in magic Um, so the idea was that uh, people would actually experience what it was like to think differently Uh, The problem was that it's uh, such a unique concept that a lot of people don't understand it. And so I realized I had to write a book uh, in order to define what I do. And and a book really helps you define it very, very quickly. It establishes you also as an expert very,
2: very quickly. So do I understand you correctly in that you were incorporating this kind of uh, uh, magical uh, execution or, or an entertainment value, if you will, to your speaking engagements?
6: Yes, um, I mean, I, I, I've sat through many, many uh, seminars and keynotes, and where the speakers have been terrific, they're great, and they inspire you and they get you thinking. And then when you leave, uh, you, you don't apply it. It just doesn't, you know, the, the, the kind of the magic is gone. And so I was looking for a way to help people through experience. Not only to get them excited and empower them to think differently and develop new, innovative ideas, but to really be able to apply it, walk away and to apply it uh, after they've they've heard the talk or they've experienced the seminars. And by using magic as a metaphor, it's a very, very powerful, powerful metaphor. So in the seminars, and my keynotes, and in the book, uh, you know, I talk about magic. You learn magic. You participate in it. And all of these are tied to real business case histories. All the metaphors apply to actual business case histories, which, which validate the metaphor in a sense and give you a point of reference. So you are not only engaged and entertained while you are reading the book or in the seminars, but you are able to internalize it and then apply it after you finish the book or leave the seminars.
2: Yeah, and we're going to share with uh, our audience some of the business concepts you lay out in your book. But uh, first first things first, just a little bit of groundwork. Who, who should be reading this book, Andy?
6: Well, the, the, uh, but the target audience are um, uh, uh, business executives who are responsible for uh, implementing uh, innovation, and, um, responsible for generating uh, new sales, uh, gener- responsible for building team, um, team spirit, and morale, and I guess I would say also involved in the areas of um, really thinking differently about business strategy. So if I had to categorize it, it would be communications, which is marketing and sales. It's people, executives in charge of a management, which would be team building and morale, and then leadership in terms of developing innovative strategies.
2: And, you know, in today's world, if you're not working on uh, some kind of innovative idea for your company, you're not, uh, you're not, you're not even staying up. Uh, you're, you're going backwards at this point, aren't you, Andy? Uh,
6: yeah. I mean, I, 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 actually, the book starts off by saying that if you cannot develop new ideas, you're basically dead in the water.
2: You know, let's lay the premise out for our listeners That uh, aren't familiar with the book And since it's just out, they may not be Which is a great reason to, to go check it out Amazon.com is a great place to uh, check it out Also, uh, follow the hand, uh, followtheotherhand.com Which we'll be mentioning throughout the uh, show Followtheotherhand.com is a great place to learn about the book as well Describe the uh, cast of characters and the storyline of the book If well, you would, well, the,
6: please Well, the, the, the kind of the... the main character, or the protagonist in this, is is Jonathan West. And Jonathan West, I selected him. He's uh, a small business. He owns a small business. It's a family business. And uh, he realizes that uh, this business, um, without new ideas, is is going to die. And so he's he's really motivated I mean, he's financially secure, but he's motivated to make it succeed because it is a family business, and he, he and he has very loyal workers under him, and he has a very good team that he that has helped him build the business and is very supportive. So he he really is searching for how do you compete in today's environment. Uh, I mean, particularly small businesses, I think are. Um, are kind of uh, microcosms of the the real world and what goes on large corporations, is that, you know, you have to really constantly generate new ideas and innovate in order to survive. So he's having difficulty. And so is his team. It's, you know, because they're constantly talking to each other, but they're not stimulating themselves. So... He goes to a friend who's very successful in business um, and has, has, has actually quite a few businesses that, that have, proct- have made a lot of money and, 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 and done very well, and he asks his advice. And this businessman tells him that he should see an advisor who he uses and has used in the past that has really helped him turn his business around. Now, the caveat is that the advisor is a magician. Mm-hmm. And at first, uh, Jonathan West is very, very skeptical. And so um, his friend says, look, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll write you a check uh, to cover a lesson, a magic lesson. And at any time, if you don't, if you don't feel you're getting your worth, you, you, you use that check to pay for the lesson. And so that's a concept called pre-engagement, which is explained later in the book. Right. So the story is about his five magic lessons with this magician, and how this magician, using magic as a metaphor, really opens his eyes up and shows him how to really think differently, Think innovatively, generate new ideas, build build trust with his customers, um, and and find new ways of sales and building his brand out and selling new ideas through. And and you watch really as 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 each lesson unfolds, you watch. Jonathan West his thinking begin to change and you watch as he starts to develop new business ideas and then you watch as that as those lessons trickle down to his own team and how it motivates them to think differently and by the end of the book there's there's new products and services and a lot of surprises
1: lots more to come with our special guest Andy Cohen author of Follow the Other Hand next segment Andy's going to tell us how he uses magic to generate ROI for his clients it's a very you know Kind of magical, I guess, as well. Uh, we'll be back with uh, Andy and a whole bunch more here on The Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth on the uh, TheAdvertisingShow.com, a website that is powered by Shipple.com. That's S C H I P U L.com. And it's an incredibly powerful marketing tool for, uh, for websites. Check it out, Shipple.com. And uh, we'll be back with more in just a minute, students.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show.
6: We here at the ad agency feel this commercial is provocative, motivating, and really classaroo. Now, what do you think, sir? Only one shoe? Porsche makes over 256 different styles. And
1: being an ad guy, oh, big, we thought big. that Andy <laughs> get a kick out of that one as well. Andy Cohen,
6: yeah.
1: our special guest of, uh, it's uh, the book is called Follow the Other Hand. Followtheotherhand.com dot com is the website and uh, check it out. It's it's good stuff. Andy, welcome back to the Advertising Show.
2: Uh, thank you. Yeah, and uh before there you did a great job of setting up uh, uh, the uh, cast of characters and certainly the storyline, and, and as you uh, set that up, it really is a, a way of saying the adventure begins, and, and it really is an adventure if you... Uh, uh, I'd like to look over the shoulder of some uh, businessman struggling with uh, uh, various uh, everyday challenges in today's world. And let's talk a little bit about a few of the business concepts, Andy, that you lay out to your readers in your story, starting with the idea of challenging assumptions. Uh, t- talk about uh, why this is important and, and and how we fall into the trap of not challenging assumptions.
6: Well, uh, you know, I, I took a look at magic first and, and uh – I realized that magic is, is very much about understanding human behavior and the assumptions that we make, which is, which is very, very similar, uh, to, actually really paralyzed, I think, uh, uh um, advertising because it's very much about understanding human behavior and the assumptions we make about products and services and so forth. Now in, in magic, what a magician does is he gets you, to, when he understands those assumptions, he gets you to follow particular ones, which lead you away from the secret of the trick. It's called misdirection. Now, my belief is that in business it's no different. In business, particularly in today's environment, because of the pressure to produce, uh, the pressure to cut, you know, in terms of budget, the, pr- uh, the pressure to uh, do more with less resources internally, um, puts us in a, in a mode where we are constantly, constantly relying on our assumptions. We're using our assumptions all the time. The problem is that we begin to treat those assumptions as a set of truths rather than a set of beliefs. And in essence, I believe probably about 50%, 60% of the time we misdirect ourselves. Now, the lesson in there is you can look at major major companies from Coca-Cola to IBM to AT&T and how they follow assumptions, and it cost them millions or billions of dollars. But the lesson in there is that if we're able to identify our assumptions and kind of stop for a second, and then say, wait a minute, that's an assumption, and then to follow the other hand, to look in the other area, it will open up new opportunities and new solutions. And I know that from personal experience because that's how I've created uh, the, the advertising campaigns that uh, have generated you know, close to a billion dollars in sales and, and won probably almost every major award in the business. And, and, it, and I realized it came out by identifying the assumption and then challenging it. And, um, and just like in magic, if you were to, a magician wants you to assume the coin is in the right hand. If you were to challenge that assumption and look in the left hand, you'd discover the coin is actually in the left hand and it's not in the right hand. And in sessions, you would have found a new solution that you didn't think existed before. So I've now investigated the, that, that metaphor in the business world. And I've discovered with companies like uh, OnStar, Unilever's Axe. Um, They all looked at the other hand, RFID technology, uh, the development of that in the packaged goods area. That's all come about by following the other hand, and remarkable results and and new business ideas and uh, significant profits have been generated through that.
2: And, you know, it's, it's not until we uh, become adults that we uh, fall into that trap. They say the hardest, uh, and you would know this, I guess, being a magician, the most difficult uh, audience are children who who tend not to uh, be diverted when uh, on assumptions and so forth. When, where business ideas and, and new technology, Andy, change our lives month to month and, and week to week practically nowadays, why is it that some companies would not already understand the need to challenge assumptions about their businesses and, uh, and their markets? Markets they serve. I mean, after all, this is 2006, right?
6: Yeah, well, well you know, first, change takes time. Change, change takes time. And, and I think that the technology is advancing faster than our ability to adapt to it. So um, I think the, the, the advertising uh, world is uh, kind of symptomatic of that. The, the, the way the agencies, the traditional agencies, have been structured, um, I think their evolution. Has taken a lot longer to to make a change than uh, than, than uh, they should have. I mean, I think it's and it's reflected. I think in the 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 way advertising agencies have lost certain ground uh, in the business, uh, and as smaller, more independent companies, uh, companies like RGA, which is basically a, a digital uh, web-based uh, design firm, is now becoming more of a advertising agency and getting more of the responsibilities uh, that advertising agencies normally get because they've adapted to the change. They've challenged the assumptions where a lot of the agencies just didn't bother. It was either too much work. Um, uh, people often don't like to challenge assumptions when they're comfortable in what they're doing. I mean, they, they say that the uh, science science shifts when the old science scientists die. Because mm-hmm. the old scientists, they're the experts so they're not going to change their opinion because if they do it threatens their authority and their position right.
2: it's all about protecting the status quo a great example i think of challenging assumptions and you mentioned starbucks in your book but not in the way that i'm about to talk about it and that is that you know challenging the assumption that dunkin donuts and others that uh, had a lock on that market and no one would ever pay you know 3 4 5 bucks for a cup of coffee they challenged that assumption and my goodness look at look at where they are today right.
6: <laughs> and they, you know what and they don't stop though because here's the big big question. Is Starbucks going to be a kind of a coffee house in which they sell music or is mm-hmm. it going to become a music destination in which you happen to have your coffee?
1: Right. It's uh, Andy Cohen on the uh, advertising show, author of Follow the Other Hand. We've got to stop for a break. We'll be back with more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe on the advertising show.
0: Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show.
4: Here are some most happy
3: fellas, the four lads for four. Standing on the corner, watching all the
1: boards go It was one of the earliest music videos, right? Exactly. <laughs> Andy Cohen, uh, what, a, what an unusual vocation. Take the magic. Apply it to business, to advertising, and it's called uh, Follow the Other Hand. FollowtheOtherHand.com is the website. Andy, out of uh, New York. Andy, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Yeah, thank
2: you. Thanks. Yeah, and you don't have to be a, 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 a just happen to be someone that likes marketing. I mean, if you're a fan of magic, it's uh, intertwined yeah. throughout the book. And at the end of each chapter, you get a bonus. You get a description of a little bit of uh, magic there. So it's a, a really cool book. Yeah. Uh, encourage all of our listeners to check it out. Follow the Other Hand by Andy Cohen, our guest today. Today, uh, Andy, technology can so often uh, be about doing things just faster or more streamlined. As you mentioned throughout your book, uh, innovation uh, as a as a way of uh, not only you know evolving your company and competing in today's world, but you describe in one section as technology with drama as your definition of, of innovation. Talk a little bit about this.
6: Well, you know, it's 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 really it's really true that. Um, um, Magic is, uh, is technology with drama, and magicians love, love to study some of the latest technologies or technologies that already exist, and they find a dramatic use for it, and they turn it into a, a, an amazing trick. I mean, there's one of the most uh, famous magic tricks. It's called the zombie in this, this, uh, this beautiful silver ball floats in the air and under, uh, under, under a scarf, and, 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 and it's just a magical, magical effect. And, and, and the story behind it, its creation, is that it, it, it was um, a magician who was, who was dismantling a toilet and was working on the pieces and, 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 and saw this, the technology of the, of the toilet and, and put two to two together and with a bathroom towel created one of the greatest uh, magical effects in the world. Um, and, and, and and you find uh, Some of the greatest tricks I have um, uh, Where you can uh, Produce a card Somebody Like if I asked you to think of a card And uh, in your mind Turn it upside down in the deck And then I produce a deck And I, and I fan the deck out and, and I ask you to name the card And you, you name your card And there's only one card face down in the deck And that's your card wow. that, that, that comes out of understanding Some basic technology that exists Around the house and identifying and using it in a dramatic way. So, so I believe that today, uh, JetBlue is an example. JetBlue took televisions, you know, T V, which existed. Now, that wasn't new technology; it existed, sure. and uh-huh. they put it in the back seat, the back seat of every, of every, you know, uh, the back of every seat of a in, in, every, in the plane. Yeah. and and that all of a sudden had a dramatic effect. On their airline business so so what you have to do today is recognize that all this technology exists and you either have to find new technologies and then uh, address it for a particular need in a dramatic way or take an existing technology right and uh, try to find a dramatic way that addresses a specific need
2: you know, it's, when I, I'm it's, it's sorry, not a ahead. magic
6: formula, it's just, uh, it's just reality.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, when you think about it, luggage, uh, how long has luggage been around since, uh, you know, for hundreds of years? And it, it was only in m- more recent years that someone figured out to put, put wheels, wheels in the out. bottom yeah, of... Yeah, really. yeah, I mean, h- how long was it? We had both of those technology, and, sure. or we had wheels for for certainly preceding luggage, right. but uh, <laughs> so. anyway... You you know,
6: the, uh, the Crespin toothbrush is a great example. Crestpin yeah. toothbrush is is probably in the in the 1990s was the hottest new product development that came out of uh with a gentleman named John Osher in partnership with Procter and Gamble a half a billion of these units have been sold and you know what it's based on the technology is based on the spin pop a spinning hmm. lollipop
2: mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah, and you illustrate that in your book. You know, many of our listeners are, are involved in presentations of marketing concepts and new ideas, and you describe something in your book called the circle of anxiety, which I found very interesting. Andy, first describe the uh, concept circle of anxiety. We have got just a little over a minute left, as Regis.
6: Well, said. A circle of anxiety is it's it's, it's it's a natural progression that comes. Somebody wants you. Somebody says, I want something new. So your boss comes in and says, I want a new idea. So you go ahead and you develop a new idea. Well, a new idea means something that hasn't been done before. It's an unknown. Well, the interesting thing about an unknown is when someone's presented with something that's unknown, it creates anxiety. No one likes anxiety, so what do they do? They look for ways to kill it. So your boss says develop something new, you develop something new, you present it to your boss, your boss looks at it, he has no reference point or she has no reference point, it it creates anxiety because they have to make a decision. So what do they do? Instead of making a decision, they kill it to get rid of the anxiety.
2: How do you overcome that?
6: Uh, The overcome it is you have to take it in, in steps to educate that individual to understand how that individual thinks and present the idea in a way that makes them feel comfortable and reduces
1: their own anxiety. Got to go get the book. It's Follow the Other Hand, Andy Cohen, our special guest, author. Followtheotherhand.com. Andy, it has been a sincere pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks. Same here, Ray. Same here, Brad. Thanks. We'll see. be back with more in just a moment on The Advertising Show.
0: You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
6: I'm Ewell Gibbons. Many consider me an expert on natural foods like cattails. Yes, they're edible. I look for natural ingredients in my food. That's why grape
4: nuts is part of my breakfast. Back awesome on the
1: advertising video. show for thanks one more segment. Many thanks to uh, Andy Cohen, author of Follow the Other Hand. Andy, yes, he is a magician. After uh, Actually, off the air, we had a chance to talk to him about, uh, about his industry as well. It was very interesting to uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of get tuned in a little bit more on what's, uh, what's cooking
2: out there. Pretty but, cool. Uh, go, go get the book. Uh, Follow the Other Hand is the name of it. Um, and no, it's not about magic. It's about marketing and innovation. And exactly. Great and the stuff. Man, the, yeah.
1: the man has an incredible background. It's kind of cool. Um, Kraft Foods has always done a great job of marketing themselves, I think, at least, mm-hmm. in a sign of how marketers are making more use of scent. In their advertising, Kraft is sponsoring a special holiday issue of Time Warner's uh, People magazine uh, that comes with an olfactory twist. Uh, Five of Kraft's 31 ads, 31 ads in the issue... Which actually should be out already. You probably scratched and sniffed it already. (laughs) It allows readers to rub a spot to experience the smell of one of the products being advertised. I'm doing that right now. Oh,
2: you mean in the magazine? In the magazine, yes. Oh,
1: okay. A full page ad for Philadelphia cream cheese, for instance, shows a picture of strawberry cheesecake. When rubbed, the picture gives off the aroma of the dessert. Oh, Uh, also called strawberry shortcake. uh, That doll used to smell. Similarly, (laughs) the sense of cinnamon coffee, cherry Jello, and white chocolate will be all present in different ads. The smells aren't limited to the ads. One of the articles is going to be accompanied by pictures of food, uh, like hot chocolate and sugar cookies that give off a scent if rubbed.
2: Yeah. So. Now, come on. White chocolate? I, I, I'm, I'm sniffing this. This is more like dark or maybe milk. It's a milk, milk chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Hey, you know, you were talking about, uh, speaking of uh, uh, magicians, and I, you know, the audience doesn't know this, but I know you were talking to our guest, Andy, about David Blaine. Yes. And a Minneapolis-based uh, uh, Retailer Target, of course, uh, when you think of Minneapolis and retailer, you think Target. is partnered with magician David Blaine and the Salvation Army in an event in which Blaine uh, will have attempted, this is uh, just this past uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, to escape from shackles while dangling four stories above New York's Times Square. If you missed that, really? uh, I guess you can catch it in reruns. But apparently, the uh, it's a kick off the uh, Thanksgiving uh, Target two day uh, Thanksgiving sale, which uh, by now uh, you're hearing this. I guess that was over yesterday. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, good to know that. Uh, by the way, th- this story mentions the fact that Blaine has accepted th- this challenge as a way to give back to the Salvation Army, which is an organization that he has a uh, that has a bit of a uh, Uh, An association or a memory about uh, as a child growing up, yes. Well, Salvation Army is incredible. As opposed to the Salivation Army, which is, you know... Which is not good, no. No. It's just not a good thing. It's dripping Uh, all over the place.
1: In the holiday spirit, we have Patrick Meyer uh, coming up here. As a matter of fact, we probably ought to do it right now. Uh, The topic today is called Naughty But Nice. Or no, Naughty Is Nice, I should say. Let's listen. Welcome
3: to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider, featuring Patrick
5: Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about a phenomenon that's going on in the last couple of years. It's called Naughty is Nice. Yes, you heard it right. People want to be just a bit naughty. Yankelovich, in their most recent survey, highlighted that 73% of people felt empowered to break the rules and have fun doing it. Another example, Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. A little bit of naughtiness. Not that everybody necessarily wants to go and get wild in Vegas, but it's just having a little bit of fun. People want to have more fun and do things that they're not supposed to do, all within reason. Consumers want you to break the rules so they can have more fun and be surprised and delighted. They don't want boring brands. They don't want boring advertising. They don't want the traditional. Give them some stuff that makes it fun and a little bit more playful. Here's how you get there. What you want to do is understand how your target thinks. What do they do? How do they like to have fun? When are they playful? So let's take Yankelovich's willful disobedience insight and come at it in a way that builds your business. First, what does your consumer do? What do they find that's really fun? What do they laugh about? What makes them smile? Let's bring some of that to our product, to our advertising, to our offers that we serve up to them every month, what we do at retail or online. How do we surprise and delight them and make them smile? Second, let's break the rules ourselves. What do we do that's a little bit different than other members of our category? So Target versus Walmart. Target's always being a little bit naughty and breaking the rules and how they portray the brands, what they do, how they do sales, etc.
3: You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into
1: the future of marketing.
5: I'm Patrick Meyer. And remember, the marketing revolution is now.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Always great to have uh, Patrick Meyer as part of the show. He's been with us for quite a long time now, so Mm -hmm. uh, that's cool stuff. Linda Kaplan-Thaler is our guest this week. The Kaplan-Thaler Group, if you've not heard of them, you ought to check it out. Uh, She is also the author of a new book called The Power of Nice. The Power of Nice, and she'll be with us uh, next week on the advertising
2: show. And if you're familiar with Aflac, you're familiar with her work. Very good.
1: So uh, and Linda's fun uh, fun to talk to as well. Yeah, yeah. thanks again to Andy. Uh, maybe we can get Andy to do your birthday next year. What do you, you mean, know? the magician?
2: Oh, you know? Yeah, that's good. You pull pull a rabbit out of his hat or something <laughs> or something. <laughs> hey real quickly i don't know if you know this right. apparently it's not just patients who are looking up symptoms on on google doctors are increasingly turning to the search engine uh, to diagnose their patients according to the british medical journal so doctors are you know who are web savvy are using google to help diagnose difficult cases according to the report web search uh, engines have been used uh, to uh, the latest to uh, have become the latest tool in clinical medicine so i guess you know you and i uh, have the opportunity to practice medicine without a license anytime time we want. So just what else go- <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I can do you want your doctor? Going,
1: don't do that.
2: Please do Well, don't, I mean, well, you know, how about this? Doctor, uh, here's what's going on. Excuse me a second.
1: <laughs>
2: Hold on. Search results again. I'm running a little slow today. Hold on. I think
1: I know what it is. I think I gave myself too much anesthetic or something like that. Yeah. No, That's exactly. weird. Well, you know, and, and Google... Um, Google's into so many different things. They've got the Google Spots, and now the rumor that a couple of weeks ago they're going to buy uh, the Clear Channel. Uh, or part of it or whatever, it or yeah. Like
2: wow. that. That's history at this point. So who yeah. knows? Who yeah.
1: knows? Uh, look forward to uh, Linda Kaplan Thaler. Next week, uh, the Kaplan Thaler Group, uh, where is she, out of New York, I guess? New York, yeah. Mm -hmm. Author of The Power of Nice. That sounds like a good book. That sounds like something that Ellen DeGeneres would have on, or maybe Oprah or something, yeah?
2: I'm going to be on the couch that day. How about you? That's fine. I'll be there. (laughs) I'll be there.
1: And thanks again to Andy Cohen. Go pick up his book, okay? FollowTheOtherHand.com is where you can go and find that out. So it's been a fun show. hope you've enjoyed it. Tell your friends about the advertising show. The Advertising com is the place you'll find us. Obviously, you found us now. And the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. Drive safely and shop nicely, too, if you're out there shopping this weekend. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.